What's up, everybody? This is Sydney, and you're listening to Friendly Fire. Welcome back to Friendly Fire. Y'all know me. I'm your host, Sean, and my co-host, Sydney. What up? What up? So we got a wild card weekend that was uh, really good. We're going to do things a little bit different today um, instead of leading with the Saints. Oh, instead of leading with the Saints uh, and the Lions, obviously there's no Lions football to talk about, but uh, we're going to go in order of all the playoff games. So we are going to start with Buffalo at Houston. Um, I took Houston in this game. You took Buffalo. What did you see? What did you think? Um, Obviously, it played out as expected. Just Buffalo losing the game. Uh, it was ugly. It was Buffalo dominating on defense in the beginning and then Houston being able to fight back. Um, there were a lot of questionable decisions that were made during that game by not only the coaches of Buffalo, but also their quarterback, Josh Allen. Um, they're really that really separated. Like, I, I felt like going into halftime, if they were more aggressive on that last possession to get a touchdown, I felt like um, a 17-point lead going into halftime would have been too much for Houston to overcome. So that was huge. And then, of course, the, uh, the sacks Josh Allen ended up taking in the last couple possessions and the fumble and the lateral. It was... It was a crazy game, but like I say, it went about as expected, except the outcome slightly different. Yeah, Buffalo, their defense played well, I thought, for the entire game. They had seven sacks, um, and that was horrible offensive line play from Houston. But Josh Allen, you know, I, I told you I wasn't a huge Josh Allen fan. I don't know if I mentioned that throughout the entire season on the show. Um, and he, I, I felt like he had a decent first half, but that second half, I don't know what that was, especially that last, that last drive in particular, the running backwards yeah. when they were in field goal range. Yeah. Like I, he, he really didn't play a great game in my opinion. Um, Deshaun Watson was magical, honestly. Um, Watts, uh, Hopkins um, got it going in the second half too. So that's why I picked them. They were the home team. And we saw a little bit of – we're going to talk a little bit more about just the playoff teams in general. But, you know, it's like I always say, bro, everything resets. When, when, you, when you get in the postseason in, in NFL um, and they – you know, J.J. Watt uh, and the crowd got into the game, they were the better team for, you know, one game, honestly. Um, yeah, this game was in Dallas now. Yeah, right. If this game was in <laughs> Buffalo, uh, it might be a different outcome. But um, yeah, side note though, I did love T.J. Watt watching T.J. Watt uh, cheering for J.J. Watt. That was that was I like that. Um, I all the attention that J.J. Watt got throughout that game. That was. I guess I understand from the media's point of view of it, but that was, uh, but yeah, I, 
you say you didn't think Josh Allen had a good game. He had the game I expect. He had a game to where in any other game this season they won. <clears throat> when him performing, that he didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't have any touchdowns either. He threw over 260 yards. He ran for almost 100 yards. So it's a game that he was he had during the season that you uh, translated to a win. But his mistakes at the end of the game was what really what really cost him. Yeah. Um. You got anything else to add to that one? Uh, nope. Um, <laughs> Tennessee at New England. Um, I took Tennessee. We both we both had Tennessee yeah. in this game. Um, and honestly, even once it got late, I still was scared of Brady, just because. For 20 years, it's been <clears throat> leave any time on the clock, Brady, come and get you. And um, yeah. that's that's what I thought. But Derrick Henry was a grown man. They couldn't do anything about Derrick Henry um, the whole night long. Uh, I thought, what? Tannehill only threw for 72 yards? I did not. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I know they didn't throw it a, a ton, but I didn't know it was less than 100. Um, but again, this is the same stuff with New England all year. Their offense let them down. Their defense, their defense played good enough. Um, but besides mm-hmm. Edelman, this normally the difference with this team has always been Edelman and Grump. And then whatever they do in the in the screen game with the running backs, as far as passing the ball and Brady just being unbelievably precise. But when you don't have anybody like Grunk that you have to worry about, Edelman becomes the outside receiver, which is not his skill set. That's not what, you know what I'm saying? He, yeah. He's going to attack the situations when you can't double team. But when Edelman's the one that's double teamed and nobody else is getting open, I mean, we talked about it all year. This team, they, they just not, they just didn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard to now for me to not blame Brady at all in it though. Like all season has been. Look, he ain't got the talent around him. He don't got the receivers. You know, he ain't got Gronk no more. But he had a healthy element and a healthy Gronk in the Super Bowl last year, and they only put up 13 points. And then this year, there was never a moment like even. In the game Antonio Brown gave them, or the games where he had Josh Gordon, there was never a game where he was able to look like his old self. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the game was what it had to be for Tennessee to win. It had to have been Brady not coming his old self against them. Um, I understand now why contract talks haven't started with Derrick Henry in Tennessee because they're running them 30 times a game. So they're not about to keep him around after they don't abuse them like this. Ryan Tanner here, I did think we were going to have a better game. Once again, they didn't need it when he just handed it off time after time after time and gaining yards time after time after time. Um, 
You know what it felt like? It felt like a, a college offense. Like, mm-hmm. when we just got somebody better than you and you can't stop them, we just, you know, ran them into the ground. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it was. And they were confident in their defense. Tom Brady not being able to beat them, and he wasn't. You got any more on that? No, I think that's it. All right. Both of those games were boring, but they were interesting enough, too. Especially, like, the first one, let's see, it was boring up until the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter came in and everything changed in that game. I, I, uh, I disagree. I, I think I enjoyed both of them. I enjoyed both of them all the way through. Uh, I went first on... Um, Houston. I mean, not Houston. Uh, Tennessee. I'm looking at the Titans and calling them Houston. Um, Tennessee, uh, New England. Um, so you could go first on Vikings Saints. Um, because I imagine we'll talk about twice as long about this one as we have the first two. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a. Dominant performance by the Vikings defense all the way through. I really liked what they did coming out with attacking of what is a good offensive line. They were able to attack the weak point of it, which is the guards. And they were able to move in uh, Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin onto our guards and have them rush and attack that way. And it was uh, hella productive for them. And it was really key into them winning, being able to get that pressure that they could on Andrew Pete and Larry Warford. Um, the game for the Saints, outside of that first defensive drive with Janoris Jenkins forced that fumble, was real sluggish. Um, 25 yards in the first quarter. Um... Yeah, it was it was a real, real sluggish start. And honestly, it never really picked up until it had to. Like there was it was do or die. Um man, I wrote down a lot. I'm just trying to see exactly what I Oh, the the first after the turnover and we ended up stalling and kicking the field goal. The only thing that could come to my mind was this game about to be just like the Rams last year, how we get all the early opportunities and they turn into field goals and that allow teams to, to play back into the game. So that's where that started for me. Um, Troy Aikman said something that I couldn't agree with more. Uh, he said that anytime, he didn't like any time <clears throat> you were taking Drew Brees off the field and playing for Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. He said it at a bad point. Because right after he said it was the bomb, uh, the fifty-four, the fifty-yard bomb to Deontay Harris, but uh, I absolutely agree with that ten times out of ten. But Taysom Hill was the only reason we were even in that game on Sunday. Um, let's see the the unnecessary the unnecessary shot taken by Drew Brees before halftime. Um. Uh, the only reason I could think he threw that up there was he thought he had previously saw some type of interference and he thought it was going to get called. 
but there's no reason to ever throw that ball up to Ted Ginn Jr. being double covered like that. Um, so that was a horrible play before uh, halftime because that led to the Dalvin Cook touchdown. We could have went up possibly 17-6, and instead we ended up down 13-10 uh, to 10 at halftime. Um, the run game, I thought for sure Dalvin Cook was going to hit 100 yards. I'm quite sure he did hit 100 yards in that game, but then he lost some to finish under 100 yards. Um, but I knew early, I knew in the first quarter he was going to get to that to that point. Uh, they finished the half with 106 rushing yards, I think, which, once again, for a team that doesn't allow a 100-yard rusher, um, we still have some games where we give up big yards on the run. I know San Francisco was a game like that, and there was another one. Um Tennessee, we gave up a lot of rush yards to Tennessee when we played them. Uh, but that was huge. Nine first downs in the first nine possessions. That's hard. Like I said, we got out to a, a horrible start. Um, the timeout, I knew this was going. I knew this was going to catch up to us too. The timeout that we had to take, well, we didn't have to take, but the timeout they took. With five minutes and 45 seconds left in the game, it was right before a third and one. We burned the timeout. That shit was unnecessary. And it was something that we could have definitely used towards the end of the game. Um, once again, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill was big for us. Um, he had three rushes for three first downs. He had rushed for that third and one. That's why I wrote that down. On that 31 after the timeout, he ended up getting the first down. Uh, let's see. The Drew Brees fumble, which was after another big Taysom Hill run. We, I want to say we were right outside the red zone at that point. Mm -hmm. Drew Brees fumbled. Uh, two times. Two times we got excellent pressure on blitzes on third and long against Kirk Cousins. And he sat in the pocket and ate the hit and completed the pass each time for first downs. Um, Thielen seemed uncovered all game. I think he finished with 140-some yards. Let me see. But he, yeah, he definitely seemed uncovered all game. Stephon Diggs ain't give him nothing, but... Dillon was definitely, yeah, 129 yards. He was definitely open all game. Like I say, Everson Griffin did a great job. Uh, on the guards, he abused. Uh, no, he had a spin early in that game with Andrew Pete that was so nasty. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm quite sure we'll talk about the end of the game. But, yeah, that was... That was everything, man. The the sluggish start, the two turnovers by Drew Brees. Um, didn't expect to be able to run again. The pass, the play action calls started irritating me <clears throat> early in that game because obviously you didn't have no time to be setting up play action. Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter, they were coming every time, and they still bothered to keep trying to do play action. That that really bothered me early in the game too. 
but never got a chance to get an offensive rhythm. Like I say, that I think that was their biggest key to victory, honestly, was them being able to abuse our guards like they were. Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter, they got pressure all game long. All game they were able to get pressure. I think that was their biggest thing. And then, like I say, the sluggish start we got and then the two turnovers really, really killed us in the end. You know, I feel like uh, I can I – can, one of the main reasons I like to do this show with you is because both of us, when it's time to criticize our teams, it's, you know, we, we, we can do that, but also giving the other teams credit. Um, I, I got a lot of stuff to say about this game, and I don't know that you're going to either agree or like any of the stuff that I'm going to say, but the first thing – I, I just want to work my way backwards from you saying everything that you brought up was about coaching. And that's why I want to start. Um, I think the Saints got out coached all game long, um, which was surprising because um, I think everybody would agree that Peyton's the better coach. But I thought that Peyton done a horrible job managing the time at the end of both halves. Um, the Michael Thomas, when, when Michael Thomas caught the pass and got him in the field goal range, um, there just was no urgency on that drive whatsoever. And then they end up missing the field goal. Um, the end of the game situations where it was a lot of driving to get a field goal is what it seemed like instead of driving to win, especially the false start um, with the 10 second runoff and you got a timeout. Why wouldn't you call a timeout? That, that just that, I felt like that was dumb. Um, yeah. Instead of letting the 10 seconds run off and the play starts with a running clock. So you had you really got one shot and a timeout that you don't ever really even get to use. So I didn't like that. Um, The Vikings, the Vikings done a really good job, obviously, kicking their ends inside and, and getting pressure straight up the middle. Um, there really just seemed to be no answer to that. It just was, all right, well, we're just going to deal with it. Um, they, you know, the, the run game was shut down for the most part. Um, what else? Um, so, yeah, the, the, I, I felt like Peyton done a bad job coaching that game. The Vikings done, to me, done a really good job of shortening the game. And that's usually what you do. What you see teams who going up against high-powered offenses, what you want to do, which was surprising because, you know, we talked about the Saints being such a good run defense team. Um, mm-hmm. And Dalvin Cook did what he wanted to for the most part <laughs> in the first half of the game. The second half, they, they kind of tightened down on it. But um, the damage was done for the most part at, at that point um, because they because then the Vikings were able to get a lot more play action. Um, and so I just, the possessions, every time the Saints had to get off the field, uh, the Vikings were able to keep the drives going. Um, what else I got? Uh, Kirk Cousins played great. Um, no, I don't want to say great. He made the throws he had to, he made the throws he had to. Um, Yeah, he played, he played as good as he could have. Being right. what he was asked to do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, Drew Brees, he didn't have a 
have a horrible game, but the the turnover, the turnover at the end of the the fourth quarter, that was the one that killed them. That was like they had momentum. Um, the defense had started playing better, and then it just it just was a very uncharacteristic Drew Brees play. Um, you know, he was off for most of the game. But the main thing I want to I, I, all right. So you remember? I don't know if I said two things that I that we pointed to that I talked about all year long. Number one, I said that I the Saints as the number two seed was a lot more scary than them as the three just because the dome changes so much about them. But the Vikings, remember I said two weeks ago, man, the Vikings are as good as anybody because we, the NFC playoffs were going to be fun because it felt like all the teams besides the NFC East were about as evenly matched as you can get. And it's crazy that a team that can win 13 games, man, it don't matter. It It doesn't matter when the playoffs start because you got 60 minutes. And yeah. it felt like the Vikings, the Vikings felt like they played the underdog role and the Saints slept walked a lot of the first half. Um, there was something else I wanted to say. It's so much. Oh, remember before the season, we had the conversation about um, this is the part that I know you're going to disagree with me. We had the conversation about top five and top 10 wide receivers and running backs. You remember that? We talked about that in the summer. And mm-hmm. I had Kamara as eighth. Um, and I had Michael Thomas fourth as wide receiver in the league. Uh, Michael Thomas, I can say that he put up the numbers to move himself in my book, obviously, to the, to the best wide receiver in the league right now. I really don't want to hear anything else about Kamara being a top 10 running back because he remember I keep saying everything about him is he scares me more in the receiving game than he does in the running game. And for somebody that has as much running talent, if you want to say that he for him to have what he have 17 rushing yards or something like that, like it, it just felt like he. He had 21. Yeah, 21 rushing, rushing yards on seven attempts. Like, uh, a, a guy who's the, the best running back in the league or a top 10 running back, that just doesn't feel like they didn't use him in the running game or whatever. Like, I just, I feel oh. like he, Go ahead. The, I feel like he's good at the second and third down stuff. More than or more the third down stuff more than the first and second down, and I'm not trying to make him into theoretic, you know what I'm saying? Like a a, a a third down specialist, but he doesn't feel more than that to me. Like like a whole lot more than we just gonna split him out because he's on the field. You never know where he's gonna line up, so he can kill you in the passing game, and the offensive line is so good. That he can, they we can attack you in the run game, but there's nothing about his running style that makes me say, "I right, let's give it to Kamara twenty times a, a night." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I just I don't I've never really felt like, but he had good numbers, so it was like, okay, well he's got a lot of talent, so let's put him in the top ten. But I just but, don't I don't feel like that about him. But not even that. Like, where's your proof though? Me? You told me he had, yeah, because you just told me he had 21, but he only had seven attempts. 
because the New Orleans Saints offense is never going to be, we're going to hand it to you 25 times and let you get whatever you're going to get. Because yeah. that's never been the case. See, I, I mean, we, I know he had like seven hundred yards rushing on the season. Like, he's, he's, I just feel like he's more of a threat in the passing game than he is in the running game. Because I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Yeah. So, I mean, seven. He has seven rush attempts and seven and eight catches. So I, I don't know. That's just. He feels he he feels like a a very very good third down running back. That's what he feels like to me. I guess right. Yeah, like I like I say the the proof isn't there either way because he's not getting the attempts that a, a Ezekiel Elliott or a Saquon or a Derrick Henry or any real or any real third three down back gets because of the offense that that he's in. That's more pass heavy. That's more this season, quote unquote, trick play heavy with the Taysom Hill stuff that we were right, running. right. So yeah, and of course, always in the one that they splitting back. So he's never going to be afforded that that type of opportunity anyway. So um, let's talk about the hold on, because the other thing I wanted to disagree with you with. I had no problem with time management besides that burn timeout. The, the the first one you talked about, the on the third and one. Yeah, the one in the fourth quarter. Besides the halftime thing, didn't bother me at all. Um, and the the, the run off, the clock run off, that didn't bother me either because you take the time out and you get sacked and then what? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the case for. Any situation, like no, if you take if you if you run it off and he got sacked, we still had a timeout. Okay, even starting at eleven seconds. But if you take the timeout and then you get sacked, then what? Yeah, you're not gonna have time to get a field goal off in that situation. I mean, I of guess. course you trust your quarterback to not get sacked, but still, that's yeah. Good. I mean, but you still twenty one seconds is a lot different than nine, basically nine or ten, because you're starting to play with the clock running. It's just, I don't know. They 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 played the end of the half very safe to me. They didn't, they, you got a high-powered offense, man. That's that's your, you're averaging 35 points a game. That's what you do, offense. But, I mean. But obviously that wasn't the case that day, so that's not the time to, to try to kick it in the overdrive in, in the fourth quarter. I mean, well, what was it? Because they they were absent the whole game. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You thought they were going to show up then all of a sudden? Yeah. I feel like they were right <laughs> to play it safe because that's, I feel like you got too aggressive at that point, and then that, that's really when mistakes happen. Um, what did you think about the last play of the game? Let's talk about that. The uh, non-pass interference. The non-pass interference. Because we have to always talk about pass interference with the Saints. Even when they don't play, we're going to talk about <laughs> pass interference with the Saints. So, so let's start with this. Was it pass interference? Um, <laughs> I thought it was. Huh? huh? 
What's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I thought if they, I thought it could have gone either way. Um, because there was some grabbing before he pushed him. So I feel like if they called it, I would have been fine with it. But I'm also fine with them not calling it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. I, I don't feel like it was egregious. I don't feel like it was obviously offensive pass interference. So to me, the arm extension obvious. The arm extension makes it obvious pass interference. I had no problem with them not calling it though, because yes. that shit happens every possession in the red zone, every right. Game. Right. My problem was the whole. We went through this shit last year. So y'all went out of y'all way to make it to where y'all reviewed this shit and then decided not to review the shit. What that I, was my problem. They, situation. they said that. They, they said lied. that. Yeah, okay. They lied. <laughs> they lied. They reviewed <laughs> if his feet was down. You can tell yeah. because of how long it took. It mm-hmm. took them, all right, we reviewed it. Yeah, go on. It, it's good. No, y'all reviewed yeah. that actually a touchdown. So that right. was my biggest thing. Y'all went through, y'all put up through all this all season long, and then when it came the perfect time for y'all to go and use this thing that y'all were so happy about including into the season, mm-hmm. y'all was like, "Nah, bro, he's the same." But I, we're going through this shit with y'all again, like let's. But let's, I, let's I, I, I also, I also think in that spot they wouldn't have re- overturned it anyway. Just it because that's not that's right. not what arguing. Just right. If they would have reviewed it and said, "Nah." It stands. I would because like I told you, I'm fine with them not calling it. Yeah. But the fact that you don't even go and review after everything that y'all have done this past year and ruined football games because of a pass interference mm-hmm. review or challenge or whatever you want to call it, that was the upsetting part to me. Not that it wasn't called on the field. And so we talk about this every week, bro, that I don't want games being changed on reviewed penalties. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough. And and you know in that spot, because it was the last play of the game, the refs don't want to decide the game. Uh-huh. So so PJ Williams would have done better tackling him than letting it be, oh well, let's let the officials decide. If PJ Williams done something egregious, then that would have been better than oh let's just complain that this is the reason that we lost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, because you know in that, you know, what I think about all the time when Kevin Durant and when Kevin Durant was with the Thunder and uh, they played the Heat in the finals, game two, and he obviously got fouled by LeBron James. Mm-hmm. But the refs, not they're not gonna call it in that spot because yeah. why don't you make the play to decide the game? More importantly, that ain't the reason you lie. We talk about that all the time. That mm-hmm. that ain't the reason. Stop trying to boil it down to one play. One play. It, it it's not one play. And so that that's infuriating, but also I've never had a uh, we've haven't had an opportunity to talk about this. Um, I don't like the overtime rules. I I wanted to go back to sudden death. I much prefer sudden death. Like, bro, just stop complaining to me about oh well, the Drew Brees didn't get a chance to touch the ball. He still didn't. So what? So what's the difference? Now I I don't I don't like the all right, well kick a field goal and then kick a field goal and then they keep going. <laughs> Shut up. Shut the fuck up, man. Stop. Make a play on defense. I had no... I had I had no ill will towards how it was at first. They always talk about how Saints get, get rules changed, but that was the Vikings that got their rule changed. But yeah. 
Um, I had no problem with it how it was. I have no problem with it now either. I guess. I uh, to me, it makes sense to where you afford each team a chance through overtime because you afford each team a chance throughout the first four quarters. So why should overtime be any different? Because um, I, I just feel like it's it's the same situation with the last drive of the game, and also. The, the you know what the main thing I really don't like about it is everything is too situational. Throughout the regular season, it's oh because there's a tie, it's ten minutes and two timeouts. But now it's the playoffs, and we got to have a winner. It's a full mm-hmm. quarter and three times. Stop. So is why can't it just be fifteen minutes? Sudden death. Then like that. That's I, how they ain't, no, ain't no need for a clock in overtime. It's really exactly. the Ain't no need for a clock. Go out there, whatever get done, get done. And I, I think the reason they do that, though, is just because if it would have kept going and they got to switch sides of the field uh-huh. or whatever. But that's why I say, bro, the complaint is we never get a chance to touch the ball. But they still didn't. So what, yeah. what's the point? Like it's stupid. But that's not always the case. That's, that's the point. The same Vikings game. We kicked the field goal. We won. They never got to touch the ball. They felt that yeah. Way. I don't know. Is it, I I just get tired of all of the complaining, bro. It's so much complaining all the time, and and it feels like oh, that's what else I want to say. It just if to me it feels this way, and I know it's because your your timeline, your Twitter timeline is, or so your social media is who you follow, who you see, and all that stuff like that. But um. It's just, it's always weird to me because Saints fans are as obnoxious as they come. I, I don't think you you can, I don't mean like, I mean like as far as when, when they're winning is a party. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. when you when you have people lining up to see you lose, that, that kind of stuff breeds that energy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. last year, everybody doing the, the, uh, Teddy Bridgewater dance and stuff <laughs> like how they had the pictures digs and yeah. I saw during the during the game uh Daniel Hunter did Cam Jordan celebration yeah. like you, that kind of stuff is is it's fun when you win it but it, but mm-hmm. not when you look everybody wants to rub your face in it when you mm-hmm. lose so yeah 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 Nah, that's it. I think that's it. This, I do want to say real quick, because we both had the Saints in the Super Bowl. Um, this this outcome is surprising, but we felt like the NFC playoffs, that there were a lot, a lot of teams that could represent the NFC. So while I do feel like the Saints had what could make a run and were one of the top five teams in the league, if not top three. Um, I, I want to say that I'm not extremely, I am, I'm, I'm surprised they lost on wildcard weekend, but I'm not surprised that they not making the Super Bowl. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think I said this last week, I wouldn't be surprised if every last game that we picked went the opposite way. If yeah. Every single game I picked last week, I wouldn't have been surprised if it went that the opposite way. Because for one, it's the playoffs. One game, like you say, 60 minutes, that's all it is. And they give us Sunday. But for two, these teams are so close. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's not much separate. Like you said, we said 
two, three weeks ago. Minnesota is as good as any other team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely, um, yeah, it definitely wasn't shocking to see us go down, you know? Um, all right. So I said that because we're moving into the game that I expected to be. Um, if that was a game that I went into the weekend the most confident about, it was Seattle, uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and then once Carson Wentz got hurt, I mean, it, they yeah. really, they really didn't have a chance after that. Um, I didn't, I didn't give them much of a chance anyway because again, every week it's some of the some of the stuff we say every week, but I just. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the league to me. I, I just if I got him in if I got to see Seattle in the Super Bowl, it wouldn't be entertaining to me because of their offense. It would be entertaining because Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like, he does he's playing the quarterback position as good as anybody as I've seen since I've been watching football. Deion Rodgers, Prime Drew Brees, Prime Tom Brady. Um. Yeah, like that. He's in that category to me right now. Um, that's really all I got to say about this game. It was this was DK Metcalf coming out party, but we we went into this game knowing that Philly didn't have a great secondary. Um, yeah. So, uh, they got shut down for the most part, as expected. They out here running around with Ward and yeah. Her- and I mean, come on, man. This was this was what I expected. Um, it was still an eight point game. Is what I took from it. Whether you want to give props to Philly's defense for not allowing more than seventeen points, um, which that's who, of course, that's who the props go to. Um. I had no idea Justin Cameron was their best quarterback. Me either. I swear. <laughs> in, um, I forgot he had got hurt at the beginning of the season, but I was expecting. God, what's that dude name? It's gonna kill me that I forgot his name. Damn it! He got hurt at the beginning of the season, though. But I thought he was back by now. So when Josh McCowan came on the sideline, I was like, "Oh, he in the NFL?" Yeah. And more shocking, that was his first postseason game. Um, but yeah, for the game to even be that close, it still makes me feel like Carson Wentz would have actually gave them a chance. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it, I still hard for me to believe that the six sacks Josh McCowan saw Carson Wentz would have saw. You know, yeah. things like yeah. that. So, you know, we talk about that all the time. Why I told you. Bridgewater, that when Bridgewater came in the game that the the Rams lost when they uh, lost mm-hmm. against the Rams, that it's always different when if you if your backup quarterback is put into the game in the second quarter, that's different from your backup quarterback having to play a whole game mm-hmm. because the week of preparation is totally different based on who the quarterback is and him actually getting first team reps. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's totally different. Nate Sudfield is the, yeah. the quarterback. But, yeah, so that game was what it was. Like I say, like you said, once Wentz went down, I knew it was over, especially when McCowan was the replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I ain't got nothing else to say about that one. That, yeah, that, that yeah. one, that one, now that one bored me. Now yeah. you said the other two were uh-huh. and I think it was because that Saints game was so edge of your seat. Just because it was that? like, it was also just like they're not gonna lose to the yeah. Like, so anyway, um, moving on to the next week, um, Vikings Forty Niners. Why couldn't they do? I just want to know why they couldn't do the playoff schedule properly for Wild Card Weekend. We do it properly for Divisional Weekend. See, we disagree. I I actually like that. I liked knowing. I liked knowing one side of the bracket in a day, yeah. you know, like that. And, and I also wish they would just do the 6-3 matchup first so we could know who who's mm-hmm. playing who. Because the 3 the seeds going to the 2 and the 6 is going to the 1. Like, yeah. why they don't just do them? I, I liked it like that. I didn't mind it at all. All right. So, Vikings at the 49ers is our first game this week. So, um, I meant to ask you Oh, I'll ask you after we're done picking these, I guess. Um, I'm high on the 49ers, and I knew going into this week uh, that because they were getting D4 back, uh, or it looks like they're getting D4 back, and it looks like they're getting Quan Alexander back, um, that the bye week done them really good. Um, and then them having the number one seed that I – you know, I told you the Saints at the two, I felt far more confident in them making a run than at the three. Um, but now I don't really know that I see anybody in the NFC beating San Francisco. Um, and that and that has nothing to do with Minnesota. I think Minnesota's good. I think this will be a close game. Um, yeah. But again, you talk about the gas, the energy, the focus that it takes to to make a run from that six seed, well, we've only seen it one time um, with Pittsburgh. Um, when or has it been more than once? I, I know they were the, the Giants. Giants. The Giants did it, correct? Okay. The yeah. I, what? It, okay. I know the the Steelers were the first team to do it. Yeah. Um, from the six seed, but I just I feel like the 49ers are a better team. They're a healthier team. than a more rested team. Oh, that was one more good point I wanted to make about the Vikings too. Mm-hmm. The Vikings basically, we talked about them having week 17 basically off. I felt mm-hmm. like that helped them too. They they yeah. did that game um, with Dalvin Cook healthy and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we done with that. Uh, the 49ers, the, the bye week done the 49ers really good. Um, so I'm obviously taking the 49ers. They're the home team, they're rested, they're the better team. Um, yeah. Um,. I'm taking the 49ers as well. Once again, though, it wouldn't shock me if the Vikings won this game, um, especially if their defense could play how they played Sunday in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I think um, the 49ers have more weapons on offense. Um, their, their weapons on offense are more spread out even. They're not top-heavy. Um, so Brita, Tevin Coleman, Morstead, uh, Kittle, of course, Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, just, they have enough weapons to, to be able to overcome whatever I, the Vikings throw at them. And then once again, it comes down to 
because Dalvin Cook going to do whatever he wants as well. So it's going to come down to Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. Kirk Cousins played really good for what he was asked to do last week. I still trust Jimmy Garoppolo more, and it may just be because he has the better weapon. He yeah. doesn't have the better weapons. He I has the consistent weapons this season. Because once again, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen had been hurt all year. Stephon Diggs didn't show up at all Sunday. Um, and then Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr., they had okay seasons, I guess. Um, but yeah, the 49ers have the talent that I trust more on offense. I guess we'll go with that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, that's gonna be I feel like this gonna be the best game of them all because you know what I'm talking about? I, every time I look at the starting lineups for teams, I'll be like, man, you know, this all right, they could this way they could be attacked, this would you when I'm looking at the Vikings defense, I was like, bro, they got a squad. Like so when I'm looking at the matchups, there isn't anything that I can definitively be like, yeah, this team just got that. They can attack this. Because the 49ers got a good defense, but like you said, the Vikings, got they got weapons. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tennessee, what? They had a nerd that just came on my iPad. Okay. Uh, Titans, <laughs> Titans, Titans at the Ravens. <laughs> I just got to read it so you don't think I'm crazy. It says Bobby Porter smacks KCP. <laughs> I was like, they caught me off guard. All right, Titans, Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens. And... <clears throat> I don't. I think this game is going to be similar to what type of Ravens Buffalo was earlier this year. Okay. Um, it's going to be a lower scoring game than Baltimore wants it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'll say 23-24-17. Tennessee is going to be able to defend Baltimore better because once again we've been saying this all year. It's going to be you go. Pass this football against me. You gonna have to beat me that way. Um, the thing that kills Tennessee is especially because, like I say, Ryan Tannehill didn't play how I expected him to play last week. And in order for it to even be twenty four seventeen, he gonna have to play better uh, this week upcoming. But the thing that's gonna kill Tennessee is that their offense is just Derrick Henry for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um. And Baltimore's offense is Lamar Jackson with his legs, Lamar Jackson throwing it, Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, uh, Hollywood, Brown. Is That's what's going to kill them is not having enough offensive power at the end of the game. Their defense is good, but it's not good enough to where it's going to overcome a great Baltimore offense. Yeah. Yeah. Baltimore – you know, we talk, We keep saying, I said all year, they're going to lose their first playoff game, even once they got the number one seed and stuff like that. But I'm starting to 
with every passing week, I started to believe a little bit more in, all right, maybe not the first playoff game, but they, they <laughs> might get to the conference championship. Um, Tennessee did what they had to do last week. Um, but Baltimore, I trust Baltimore's defense to show up um, and, and be able to stop Derrick Henry a little bit more um, and to still be able to move the ball on offense, even if Lamar Jackson don't have a game that's MVP worthy. Um, mm. Just just they're a the better team. Um, so I'm going to take Baltimore. The Texans and the Chiefs. This game is difficult for me because, man, Deshaun Watson, first of all, they beat him earlier in the season, the, the Texans. Um, and Deshaun Watson really got it going in that second half. He, I like him more than you do. I like the Texans more than you do. The Chiefs are another team that, look, if they defense can hold teams to 21, I don't know that anybody's beating them, period. Like, I'm, I'm you know, because they finally have enough running backs and running games to, to overcome what they lost with Kareem Hunt. But, man, their offense is, is as unstoppable as you can be at this point in the season. But, like I said, if they defense holding teams at 21, I don't know how you're beating them, period. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. Um. I'm taking the Chiefs as well. This is really, this is the thing about the playoffs. This is the, the important thing about that one and two seed because now that extra week comes into comes into play heavy, and with the Texans going out there and getting beat up and beat around and fighting the fight that they did against Buffalo last mm-hmm. week, and now you got to come out here and deal with. Um, the, the supersized Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be super taxing for that defense that if Buffalo was any type of competent on offense down the stretch last week, Houston mm-hmm. would be home, sitting at home. Um, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. Um, Five running backs that they out there using mm-hmm. is is gonna be too coaching. much. Houston, yeah, coaching Andy Reid it, mm-hmm. is gonna be too. And, and Patrick Mahomes, like Deshaun Watson, it's not that I don't like Deshaun Watson. I still believe in his potential. Um, he just I don't know what it is exactly about him, but Patrick Mahomes is what he can be, and but also at this point, what he's not. And that that also is going to be a difference in this game too. But yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs as well. Bro, you gotta remember they they both still so raw. Like yeah. so that that's like that's but 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 to me. Wait, what you said? I said they still have a lot of progression, assuming that they stay on the path that they on. Yeah, but to me. Deshaun Watson's progression from his first year has hit has hit me a little differently than the regular drop off. 
between a rookie and sophomore year that can come. I I think some even of that for, is- so even for Patrick Mahomes this year with him missing all the games that he missed, and for him to still put up the numbers that he put up. Yeah, lets me know. Okay, that wasn't that wasn't no type of fluke, you know. I mean, but but some of that is still weapons and coaching versus Deshaun Watson came out so hot as opposed to what he what he replaced that it you know it was going to be a drop off, and then he got hurt. So you know, I, it always felt like that was going to be. All right, he can't be that what he was his rookie season. But he's not supposed to be looking average either. Is I, I feel yeah. like he was an average quarterback. He's not supposed to be that. I I agree, but I mean they also have a horrible offensive line. They have since he's been in the league. It, exactly. Um, they have yeah. been in, so that's not an excuse. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, I feel like I feel like he is still on. You know, still progressing. Once again, I still believe in his potential. I still believe that he can be what everybody believed he could be when he got drafted. Yeah. It's just he's not where I feel like he should be at this moment. Like I say, he shouldn't be having an average year right yeah. now. Okay. Um, Seahawks Packers. This game is interesting to me. This is the toughest for me, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be the best. You said Vikings for the I think this is going to be the best game. Um, We talked about it while, yeah, we talked about it about three weeks ago how the Aaron Rodgers of old is what's going to take winning playoff games. Yeah. And I think we're going to be, I think we're going to see the Aaron Rodgers of old. Um. And him versus Russell Wilson, yes. that has the potential to really be special. I want to take Seattle, in all honesty. I want to take Seattle, but I the run game for mm-hmm. Green Bay and the fact that their defense is so much better than what it has been in past years, I got to go. And, and they at home. They have yeah. a week of rest. Yep. I've got to go with Green Bay. You know what's interesting? Uh, you know I got a formula for big games, playoff games, um, and it's usually home team, the team in general, home team and quarterback play. I feel like I feel like Lambeau is enough of a home field advantage. Not not anything crazy like yeah. like the Superdome. But it, but they're still a home team, mm-hmm. and I feel like the quarterback play when when you when you're looking at it, I'm it's just the name, all right, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, because Rodgers hadn't been mm-hmm. that that prime Aaron Rodgers this season, although he's still been good enough. Uh, like I said, I feel like Russell Wilson's playing the best, so those things kind of even each other out. But then I look at the team. Let's just look at the teams, and the Packers are just the better team. Yeah, they've got better running backs, better wide receivers. Not better wide receivers, not by a whole lot, but better running backs, better offensive line. The defenses are comparable, even if you're just looking at the numbers, um, because the sack totals that the Smiths have put up, um, 
they just feel like a better team. And I, I felt like this was a good enough team to at least that I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the NFC Championship game, even though nobody is as high on them. People yeah. are saying, like, oh, you know, I saw a couple of people tweeting about how it sucked that the Saints had to be playing on Wild Card Weekend because they just felt like a better team in the past. Man, they still won 13 games. Like, yeah. that, that shit is wild to me. Like, you know, in the past, you'd be like, Legend of the Patriots. We yeah. Said, look, we, the Patriots going to lose Wild Card Weekend to the top. They won 13 games. Yeah. Or was it 12? Did they win 12 or 13? I feel like they won 12. They won 12. Yeah. Miami in the end. Yeah, they won 12. Yeah. I mean, but still, that's they. So, anyway, I'm taking the Packers, too. And it's weird. It's funny because chalk usually never works out in the, NF, in the NFL playoffs. Like, yeah. bro, we just, we've taken the one and two seeds in both conferences. When the last time it's just been, I, right, you know. And I can tell you now, we're both going to be wrong. So yeah. what team do you have most confidence? Which team that you didn't pick do you have the most confidence in? Wait, wait, which, which team, team I did? Which team did you pick to lose? Would you Do you have the most faith in being able to actually pull, pull out a victory? You know what? I must say, I would say Seattle just because you know this time of year is about quarterback play. And Russell yeah. Wilson is in another zone right now. It wouldn't shock me for him to throw, you know, to go 25 for 29, 400 yards past yeah. him. That wouldn't shock me to go, wow, this dude's put a masterpiece together. And, yeah. you know, I guess the second team, uh, I ain't going to take the second team because I don't want to see who you say first. But what, who would you say? I think mine would be Seattle, too. So I was just going to go with my second one, which would be the Vikings. Yeah. And the, like I say, if they play lights out defense like they did last week, and it comes down to being Kirk Cousins versus Jimmy Garoppolo, I can easily see Kirk Cousins winning that battle in the end of it. And because the Vikings, if they can take that into the Superdome, we don't feel like that's going to be that big a difference. Going to San exactly. Francisco, and then they, they, they got a running game. They, they they are built to win at this time of the year. Yeah. Dalvin Cook can't be stopped. Their defense, they pass rush, their secondary played good against Michael Thomas. So what you think, they if they play good against Debo, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, And they fed into this this um, this underdog role. Mm-hmm. They were talking about that a lot in their post-conference last week, how they fed into that a lot. So... Yeah, that would definitely be the second team in there. And so, you know... But once again, it's us saying the NFC. That's exactly what I was about to say. Because we felt like all six teams that made... I mean, five of the six, because Philly, obviously. But that just... When I say it, when I say all year when we talked about the Saints, every week when we talked about who they was playing, I was like, this ain't their peer group. Uh This ain't... This is the teams like this, yeah. the Vikings, the Packers, the Seahawks, these teams. So it wouldn't surprise me any of them representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And this is and this is the one sport to where it's the best team don't win most of the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We, I'm telling you, bro, the first day of the wildcard weekend, I when both my picks were right, I was like, now I'm about to be wrong on both of them tomorrow. Because, you yeah. you know, you're feeling good and you be like, uh-huh. the NFL is so crazy, bro. And uh-huh. so when you looked, I was like, 
when the game started the way it started, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be wrong about this. <laughs> I'm going to be wrong about the Saints. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. So, um, anything else on the field? Um, the other crazy step, because the one, the first crazy one was the Dalvin Cook. He was going to be, I felt like he could have hit 100 yards rushing in the first half against us. And for us to never have, to not have given up on 100 yard rushing, how many games uh, that we have, because it's still standing now, that would have been crazy to me. But the other crazy thing that happened was Seattle having the seven sacks that they had after having the least amount of, no, the second fewest sacks throughout the whole regular season. Mm-hmm. They go out there and got seven, which part of that is. Joshua Cowan sitting back there, but yeah, crazy to me too. Uh, one thing I do want to say, um, on the field, I'm you always want good quarterback play, especially in the Super Bowl, um, just because it's so much fun to watch. But it feels good to me to have new blood. I, I honestly can't say that I'm not, I'm not upset about that. About not seeing Brady and Breeze and Roger again. That is Jackson, Mahomes. Was. Uh, like, that. this is so much more fun to me to watch these new guys. And I was going to make that comment, too, when we were talking about Seattle Green Bay. I was like, the way it done went for Drew Breeze and Tom Brady and Roger might be headed home, too. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and that doesn't disappoint me, too. And, it, and honestly, if... Even if you don't get elite level quarterback play in the Super Bowl or yeah. in the conference championships, at least give me something innovative and fun to watch, like like Lamar Jackson, like what uh, Al Shanahan. Shanahan. Yeah. Yes, yes, that I can. All right, I can get behind that if we still if we gotta if I gotta watch Kirk Cousins in the Super Bowl go ten for eighteen. No, I don't want to <laughs> see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, but anyway, off the field, you want to talk about these new coaches? Yeah, I want to talk about these coaches. Um, Ron Rivera, he saw his job, he took his job in Washington. That was that was a quick one. Uh, as soon as I thought he was talking to him, I felt like that was gonna get done. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like him bringing on Jack Del Rio too. Yes, that's an awesome hire. Um, the Mike McCarthy situation, I felt like Carolina talked to him twice. The week before, week seven, before week 17, they talked to him twice. And I felt like, okay, they know what they're going to do. They're going to move on Mike McCarthy. It's so disappointing that they, it's not because they're in my division. But at the same time, it's, it's disappointing to see that they had the opportunity <clears throat> to lock up what I thought was after <clears throat> Ron Rivera was the best coach remaining available for them to not only miss out on him but then have to go and overpay the person that they did go out and get who I still felt like is the best coach available in uh, with Matt Rule from Bay. Yeah, I had to think for a second. Uh, yeah, I don't understand why they feel pressured to six, seven years, 70 million with the coach from Baylor. 
I never, I never get wrapped up in the coaches' years or salaries because three years in, it ain't gonna matter. That it's gonna be you either about to have it be going all the way, or they're gonna they're gonna fire him regardless of what yeah. the is anyway. So I, I never get too wrapped up in that, but. Um, I mean, but that they chose him anyway. I didn't. Right, right. Yeah. I saw somebody talking earlier about um, the lack of African American opportunities, um, and mostly just because the Giants hire the that like a wide receiver coach. Like, yeah. where does what? And it don't even feel like somebody brought up Jim Caldwell, who I forgot was even you know got fired from the Lions. But it's just it's it's so, you know. I, like I said, I didn't get I don't get moved by the coaches, the Mike McCarthy's and Ron Rivera, just because it's so recycled, and I don't like that. I, I I'm not I'm not against a wide receiver slash special teams guy getting an opportunity. I want more of that. I want more yes. offensive coordinators, more wide receivers, coaches, more. Although even though that feels like skipping steps. Yeah. Um, the problem I have with it, and, and I know this ain't where you're going with this conversation, but the problem that I have with it is you never see steps skipped for African-American coaches or, yeah. or quarterbacks and stuff like that. Like, that's that's what the problem is. I don't mind, all right, we're going to be smarter than everybody in the room and get a video coordinator to be our head coach. And you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, how... Like how uh, Eric Sposter became the, the like you just don't see that for all right, we're gonna take the wide receivers coach and make him our head coach. What is it? Mike Tomlin was a one one year defensive coordinator or whatever he was Brian for the Flores recently. Uh, Brian Flores recently. What was he for the the Patriots? He didn't have a title. Okay. But he but they was basically splitting the responsibility of defensive coordinator. So, I mean, it's just I don't I don't so much have a problem with skipping steps as I do for people getting fired up like uh what's his name in Arizona? Damn, I can't think of it. Uh, right King, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, like I, I just it just feels like that, you know, oh Dallas interviewed Marvin Lewis and then you heard nothing else of that. While I don't think Marvin Lewis would be a good hire. It just is like when you started to narrow down the candidates, it never seemed like that was a serious thing. That that was just we just doing it to satisfy the Rooney rule. And I just don't I just don't like and that's why I just don't have any interest in Ryan Rivera going from Carolina to Washington in two days. Mike McCarthy and you know, he, he interviewed with one team and now he got the job. Like it just this Baylor coach, I don't, whatever, whatever with that. Like, I just, it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's not, not interesting, because if it was my team, I would care. Yeah. I would care who they had a team, who they were talking to. But it's just, I guess just because it's not anybody getting a new opportunity, it didn't really move the needle for me. Like, I don't care about Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera. So we talked about the offline a little bit last week, and my thing was just like just like there's only a certain amount of there's only a certain number of people who are talented enough to play in the NFL. I feel like there's only a certain amount of people who are actually 
meant or good enough to be good head coaches in the NFL. Sort of recycling doesn't bother me as much. Um, because I, I do feel like at the end of some head coaches like Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera's tenor in Carolina, at the end of it, it, it is more about, all right, it's just time to go in a new direction more than it is you're not a good coach anymore. Yeah. So I did, it really did interest me because I believe that he is a good coach more than even Mike McCarthy. I do believe Ron Rivera is a good coach. So I felt like, I felt like a team like Dallas or even the Giants who both had to replace their head coach. I felt like they lost their offseason when it came to head coaching because Washington got the better one. And his effect on Washington is going to matter way more than whoever the Giants bring in at this point. Mm-hmm. Where they, they, Joe Judge, he's going to matter way more than Joe Judge will matter to the Giants and more than Mike McCarthy will matter to the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, even if it's not about, even if it's not about uh, skin color or race, uh, yeah. I just, I just prefer coordinators and people who haven't gotten opportunities at least for a year. You know what I'm saying? Like Mike McCarthy sat out a year, so Mike McCarthy got another opportunity, but not five minutes after. What what went south for him did like Ron Rivera going from one team to another, and, and I honestly was surprised by the by the Ron Rivera firing in the first place. Mm-hmm. But um, when you say go in a new direction and you just bring in another guy who did something differently in another situation, that don't feel like a new direction. That feels like a band aid to me. You know, like like it, it just. And like I, it also depends on the state of your team. So for all the talk of the Cowboys and Lincoln Riley, I always I always frowned upon that because once again the college the college to pros, especially being as young as Lincoln Riley is, that don't ever seem to really work out. Like even for Cliff Kingsbury, it it looked like it might. I don't think it's gonna work out though. It looked like it might. I don't think in two years, like you say, once we get to that three-year mark, they're probably going to be talking about, let's get Cliff Kingsbury out of here. The Rooney Rule. I hate that rule, but then I love it at the same time. Um, Marvin Lewis was obviously a Rooney Rule satisfaction. They, They brought him in to satisfy. Because it's charity. But the, thing, but the thing, but the good thing about the rule is he didn't get considered for the head coaching job, but he did talk himself into consideration for the defensive coordinator job. Yeah, which he wasn't otherwise going to be thought of, probably. You know, so that was an opportunity that he almost had because of the Rooney Rule. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that 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 rule it bothers me more than it entices me, just because, like you say, it's it's not even charity. It's I don't know. It's a waste of time, honestly. If you if you want, like you said, if you want somebody, you ain't gonna just 
have a list of candidates based on race. You know, yeah. if I if I wanted mm-hmm. to hire you, then I'm I'm gonna give you an opportunity because I was going to anyway, exactly. not because I have to. Um, so you so got yeah. teams every year just bringing in these African American coaches who they most likely not gonna hire. They just bring mm-hmm. them in <clears throat> to satisfy your rule. Because like you say, regardless of race, I know who I'm looking at. And if that's the person I want, I'm gonna bring them in without you telling me to bring them in. Yeah. And then Brian Flores going to Miami last year. So it bothers me, but then it is good to see it actually provide what it was meant to, which is an opportunity to, oh, Marvin Lewis, you you know what, you might be able to to do with this defense what we wanted to do. But, you know. Yeah. Um, you know- Go ahead. I was going to say, I also saw uh, something that made me laugh. Jason Garrett, that uh, the Giants were asking for permission to talk to Jason Garrett about the offensive coordinators. Asking who? Who? His contract, not up. They didn't fire him. They just let his contract play out. But that's what I, that's what I thought might have been the... Yeah. But, then they but just still, said, why are you asking anybody? I mean, yeah, he don't got a job, bro. Exactly. Like, yeah, but that's what that foolishness was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all foolishness because I don't know what the Giants are doing. I haven't known what the Giants have been doing for the last four years. This was their chance, Brad. This was it. Danny Jones looked like he going to be something. Your team started looking good towards the end of the year. All right, get a head coach that's going to actually provide some type of help to what you got going on. I thought for sure Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Out of every, if you say, okay, you were looking at, like I say, once Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera were gone, I felt like the next obvious candidate should have been Josh McDaniels anyway for any of those teams. Yeah. For Carolina to go Matt Rule and then for New York to go um, Joe Judge, now, for me, Cleveland, don't be stupid. Josh McDaniels is your coach. He fell into your lap at this point. But the Giants had a perfect opportunity to grab somebody that would have actually made a difference, and they did. What's up, everybody? Check out Friendly Fire every Thursday as we discuss the latest and most intriguing topics in sports. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at FriendlyFire08.